Well, hello, everybody. Good evening. If you're watching us live, welcome to After Further Review with Mark Ferrer, John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor, of course, our producer. Uh, first thing I'd like to do, because it's an evening show, and, and I got a little beverage here, I want to toast. I want to toast the Los Angeles Dodgers on their seventh World's Championship. Congratulations, Dodgers. Enjoy it. That's what everybody's acting like today, Mark. Everybody's acting like this thing is over. And look, what we saw last night was what the I Dodgers can do when they're firing on all cylinders, clearly. Um, but they haven't done that every game. Obviously. You know, they, they have had uh, they have had their struggles in the playoffs. They've as won four well. games in a row. Yes, they did. Uh, but uh, it just seems like I'm of two minds about tonight's game because most people are saying if the Rays don't win tonight, they see that it's probably going to be a sweep. This just thing's going to be over quickly. I think it's going to be a sweep. Um, I know. You, you've said that. You've made that perfectly clear. You also made perfectly clear your feelings about Gavin Newsom, so we don't have to cover <laughs> any of that. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I know. I, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I understand. Uh, really good-looking guys around your age with no body fat, you have an issue with. You always have. I, I and, always and, have. And I understand, I and I understand why. And, and yep. I'm kind of with you on that. But uh, here, here's the you – know, I get it. Uh, I was reminded of there's a great line in the movie Seabiscuit where they're talking about when he's racing, I guess, is it Man of War, I guess, or the War Admiral. He's racing War Admiral. And he makes a comment about what you can't let the Admiral do is get a big lead on you because if he shakes loose, we'll never, we'll never catch him. Um, and I think that's what people are feeling with, with, uh, with the Dodgers. If the Dodgers win tonight, now they're up two to nothing. And particularly if they do it the way they did last night, which was an all around victory. Uh, pitching, congratulations to Clayton Kershaw for a great six innings. Congratulations for him leaving not only the mound, but hopefully the stadium after the sixth inning to keep himself safe. Uh, they had, they had power. They had some timely hitting. They had some great base running. They had everything going. So I understand that people thinking that if they win again tonight, they play that well, then, you know, this is, this is a done deal. It but here's already the thing. is a done deal. I still think that the Tampa Bay Rays are playing with house money and they've got a favorable pitching matchup tonight. They would be favored in the pitching matchup tonight. Of I, course. Think that, I think they can take this game. And I think if they do, I think the idea that this thing doesn't go six is, is wrongheaded in my mind. Uh, I get that. We both said six actually technically uh, on the last show, but I've always thought it was going to be a sweep. Now I, I'm not hearing you. I've completely lost you. Completely lost you. You can hear me. Yep. Not hearing you at all. Are you hearing him, Jeff? I don't hear him either. Do you hear me? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Oh, geez. This is we're, we're so professional right now. Plug it and plug it back in, Mark. Yeah. The just, tech, just, uh, just do a replug. And while he's out there, Jeff, uh, I mean, you understand where I'm coming from. I, I do. You know, Los Angeles is a more talented team. They're going to be your favorite any way you look at it. But I think Tampa with a victory tonight. And again, they with Snell, they've got a pitching matchup that favors them in tonight's game. As much as they'll have a pitching uh, favorite pitching matchup in any game. I think if they can win tonight, they they'll be in LA's head enough that I think they push this to six games. And I wouldn't be surprised with seven. 
Yeah, you know, uh, their lineup was sneaky good before Mookie Betts. With Mookie Betts in there, it's forget about it good. It's yeah. incredible. You know what, though? I will say this. Cody Bellinger is well on his way to being a hated player in Major League Baseball. <laughs> he is watching the home runs and bat flips. It, they, they, there has got to be some old-school baseball coming back in if guys are going to flip their bats and watch home runs like that. Someone's got to bean him. I, you know what, and and you know, I'm not old school on a lot of things, but that's one of those where I'm I'm pretty good with that. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Bellinger staring it down. Just pay the price for it. It's just yeah. like you know, oh, I I'm, agree. I'm fine with the with the guy who uh, who gets the sack, having the sack dance around the quarterback. But guess what? When you get you know high load on a block a little bit later, this is why it happened, and that's part of the sport. Mark, are you back with us? Can we hear you? He's not, but he's nope. muted himself, and I can't unmute him. Ah, he's muted himself. Well, God yeah. Almighty! Finally, after years of people, oh, it says his mic isn't connected. There he is. He's ah. back. He's back. Talk to us. Please. All right. Can you hear me? Yes. Now? Yes. yes, yes indeed. You're talking through the well, laptop. Of the the mic. Now, uh, there keep we talking. go. Now you're complaining. Yeah, yeah, yep, we got you back. We got you back. Anyway, so. Uh, I, you know, I do think I think any way you look at it tonight is an incredibly pivotal game. Um, but I do think that the Rays are lucky because, again, the pitching matchup benefits them tonight. Uh, so I, I expect a, I don't expect a blowout tonight. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. OK. I'm so sorry about that massive faux pas, but I want to okay. say this, that I it's it's from what I know and, and I know baseball history pretty well in terms of trends and i certainly know san francisco giants history pretty well and in 2012 they were down three to one and they came back in a phenomenal way and they ended up sweeping the heavily favored detroit tigers who had justin verlander and max scherzer scherzer in their rotation as well as a uh, a Cabrera in his prime, a fielder in his prime. That was a good team, a really good a, team. A very, very good team. They had yeah. Doug Fister, Annabelle Sanchez. They had a great rotation. They had a great lineup. And uh, I just think the Dodgers, something clicked, man. Something clicked. And it and it started on the defense. We talked about this the last show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the Turner play with second and third on, nobody out. It wasn't the, the, uh, the Mookie Wilson. Uh, Mookie Wilson. Mookie Betts robbing the home runs, but it was Mookie Betts when he had that shoestring catch mm-hmm. and made the double play. I do, I just think it woke him up, and I don't Maybe. think they're going to go. I don't think they're going to go back to sleep at this point. Maybe. I think they are on a roll, and they're going to sweep, and this thing is over. Now, if there's a chance to change that narrative, it's tonight. You're right, yeah. John. So, yeah. in a way, all these so-called experts are right in the sense that if Blake Snell can't then it's over. Would you agree then if Blake Snell can't win this game? Oh, tonight? I think I think again, going back to that CBF skip reference, if you let if you let the Admiral, the Admiral being the Dodger, shake loose of you and get too far out in front of you, you're you're not going to be able to reel them in. You gotta kind of stay with them. You have to you can trade games back and forth, but I don't think you can afford to get two day two games down to them. Um, they're just more talented than you are in the end. Now, that doesn't always mean you're, that they're going to win a championship, and they have been more talented than other teams that they've played in both the uh, playoffs and World Series in the past. Um, but, you, you know, you just get the sense that 
not unlike the Atlanta Braves that they eliminated in the last round, that maybe this is a year where everything sort of fell into their lap. I think they would prefer to see Tampa than they would at Houston, frankly. And I know Tampa had a better record, but I just think they the Houston series would have presented because yeah. of the, the you know the, the massive backstory that we're talking about. And you can and make the, the argument that Houston still on paper is a better team. They just didn't have as good a year. But yeah. they're on paper in a short series, they're actually a better team. You could make the argument they were a better team in 17. You could certainly make the argument the Red Sox were a better team in 18. They were an yeah. absolute juggernaut. But I will tell you right now, the king of baseball, the king of all baseball is Andrew Friedman. Because he's the guy that built the Rays, and then the Dodgers plucked him in 2014, and all he's done is continued to do that with Los Angeles. And, oh, by the way, does the same thing he did with Tampa Bay, only has 80 to $90 million more yeah. than Tampa has. Uh, so he's able to find the best players and, uh, and land them. He is. The pitchers are strikeout pitchers. The hitters hit home runs, and that's the game we're in right now. And um, – and they play great defense. And that's the overlooked thing. That's the overlooked thing about the Dodgers. It's a defense, yeah. And, well, both and, of these teams are great me, defensive teams. And, I mean, if you want to uh, – the, the Rays are a great defensive team as well. So both of these are two of the best defensive teams in baseball. Um, we actually saw a little bit from the Dodgers last night, Mark, a little National League baseball. Running yeah. the bases, I thought was just – Terrific, and I don't know, you know, and a lot of the um, uh, announcers saying the same thing, particularly the the the, the guys doing color who are ex players, just saying, perfect time for a bunt. Literally, ninety nine of the hundred questions that you would be asked on, you know, should I bunt here, you would answer yes, but because this is twenty twenty, no one's going to bunt. But what we saw, we didn't see bunts last night, but we did see a little National League baseball from the Dodgers, so I appreciated that. Uh, I want to say this about Kershaw. It was interesting because John Smoltz was doing the broadcast, and I really like Smoltzy as a broadcaster. And he was talking about the first inning. Um, uh, Kershaw found himself in a little bit of trouble. He had a couple of people on with less than two outs. And uh, Smoltz said, if he gets out of this, he's going to roll. And I thought it was interesting because that was he, he played with Greg Maddox for all those years. And that was kind of Maddox's mo. If you could get to Maddox in the first, you had a you had a shot. But if he could get through that first inning and whatever you know the jitters are, or just you know pitchers will tell you, you can warm up all you want. But until you throw that first pitch in a real game, you're not a hundred percent sure where your control is. You're not you know you're living on a knife's edge as a pitcher. Um, but I thought that was really interesting insight, and you could just feel it when he worked his way out of that jam in the first. You thought. This might be a long night for a Rays team that is really struggling at the plate. Well, I think that's uh, all great Hall of Fame type pitchers. You got to get to them early. That was the big thing they always said about Bob Gibson. Get to them early and you have a chance. If not, you're done. And that's the same thing with Kershaw in a way. If he starts out hot and he pitches five amazing innings, well. And then you got to get him out. <laughs> yeah, get him out because that six will be the equivalent of the first. Right, he should have had early. Right, on he in the just game. puts it on the wrong end of his six inning outing. <laughs> if it was the first inning, no one would lose any sleep over it. Yeah, I'm changing, I, I'm changing it up. I'm uh, I'm I'm going with a sweep for the Dodgers, and uh, it it has something to do with last night, John. But it's not totally jumping on the bandwagon because, as you know, I've I've you been said this you, way anyway. You said that you would not be surprised in a sweep. You didn't commit to picking a sweep. Uh, because more often than not, you don't get one. But you you have, from the beginning, said, 
it wouldn't surprise you in the least if it was a sweep. We want to we want to welcome in another uh, viewer, a viewer that hasn't joined us uh, in recent times. I think she may have listened to the podcast here and there. But Liz McConaughey asking if there's a game tonight. Yes, Liz, there is. There is. Yeah, we're a doing game. a lead into the game. We we never we get to, we're doing a pregame. We're I know. Forty forty nine minutes into the game, and uh, lots to talk about. Of course, Joe Connolly wants to talk about the two and four Cowboys, like everyone else talked about today, which is unbelievable. But I know we have other business, John, and I don't want to hijack your show. All right. Well, let's let's do our progressive trivia, trivia, and uh, and then we'll move on, and we'll talk a little about the NFL. We will talk about the Cowboys because you're right, Mark. Good or bad, they have to dominate the conversation for some reason because the world sucks. All right, here we go. Uh, Looking for a Major League Baseball player, past or present. I played for 16 years for four teams. My career number is 2,400-plus completions, 29,000 yards. That should be 29,000-plus yards and 200-plus touchdowns. I led the leagues in sacks. That means being sacked. As a quarterback, obviously, as a quarterback statistic, five times, and I was a two-time All-American punter in college. Now, Mark, I hadn't spoken to you since I sent this your way. Did you enjoy this progressive? Very much so. Very I much. I thought so. you would. I thought you would, because there were some surprising things for me. And uh, and I have a an actual fun uh, fact about this guy when uh, when we reveal the answer to it. Yeah. But let's talk a little kind about of fond the, of this guy. Kind of fond uh, of this guy. As am I. As am I. Uh, yeah. Uh, appointment viewing as a football player, I, yeah. I think, definitely. Um, l- let's jump to the NFL. We will talk about the Cowboys in a minute, but we've talked about the big story, and the big story is that the Miami Dolphins have committed to going to Tua as their starting quarterback. They are, at this point, one game behind the suddenly fading Buffalo Bills, they're a half game ahead of the New England Patriots, who we're still not 100% sure what they are. The Jets, I believe, have been mathematically eliminated from championship contention in any season ever again. Uh, so you don't have to worry about them. I'm really, I'm, I'm borderline shocked that they've decided to do this after seeing the kid play two series in garbage time. What are your feelings? Well, my feelings are, uh, first blush, I agree with you. Uh, but second blush is that I have come to really trust Brian Flores. Well, you really, you got a little man crush on Brian Flores. I just think he has, I just, I'm a fan Yeah, and he continues to, uh, buttress that feeling of a fandom of, of Brian Flores. And, and I'll tell you, I look at Miami Dolphins fans and, uh, they are, (laughs) they are besides them. They, they are as excited about a three and three team that I've ever seen, but you can understand why. They're a game out. They're because a game they've out. they've never been, they've never had this kind of, they've been a game out this early before. Sure. And, yeah. and this, that, and the other, but they've never had a quarterback that, they, that they're looking forward to as much as they have this one in probably close to 40 years. And they haven't had a, this kind of identity. Mm-hmm. They have been craving for an identity and Dolphin fans are giddy right now. Yeah. And, I, and I'm and i doing everything I can to support that giddiness, uh, even though from 40,000 feet, it's, I feel you know, bad for they're Fitz. giddy about a 3-3 three and three team. I feel I, bad for Fitz. I have a theory on this. Okay, I, I want to hear it. I think Fitz is fine. I think Fitz is, has done what, he's, what, what he came to do, basically. He has like 62 children, Mark. This is going to cost him money. 
Fitz may not he's be got, able to feed his children. He's got plenty of Go money. Go fund me for Fitz's children. All of those kids and all of their grandkids are going to be fine. All right, fair enough. Well, Jeff, what's your theory? Flores is in Miami, and Miami has a history of sticking with quarterbacks too long, and Flores sees the writing on the wall. He's like, if this guy wins the Super Bowl for the Dolphins, I will never be able to shake him. It will be Ryan Fitzpatrick's <laughs> Dolphins for the next decade, and my coaching legacy will depend on him. Okay. So he's like, I'm getting out of it before this gets ugly. I'd rather win three more games, and then two was my guy. All right. I mean, that's that's a valid theory, but I think, as we all know, that there is a uh, the odds that Fitz would have another two or three games like he's had the last two or three games are are pretty nil because he's never been able to put put together that many in a row. You're right. And I, and I think, frankly, I I do trust Flores the way he's handled the team, the way he is the voice of the organization, because it's not just him; it's the organization. If you if you believe the reports that are in favor of it, I trust his evaluation of how Tua has made progress in practice and as a leader and everything you want to do. It's six games in. We're in a brave new world. It's not the world of Aaron Rodgers even anymore in 05 where you wait three years. Yeah. You you throw quarterbacks in. Well, it just depends on who you are. You've got Burrow. I mean, for the most part. That's how it works these days. Six games in, no one expected them to even make the playoffs this year, John. So talk about house money and giving Tua a chance to really compete against NFL high-speed competition where the windows that you can throw in aren't ones created by Alabama and Lane Kiffin. They're the ones, they're the, they're, you know, four centimeters as opposed to four feet. Why not? I mean, the only danger is, is that Dolphin fans are going to be upset with him because they, he doesn't make the playoffs and he learns this season. That's what you want. This was never going to be a magical season for the Miami Dolphins with Fitzpatrick. It wasn't. No one expected that. The fact that they're where they are is unbelievable. And and the timing to me, I mean, it's almost storybook. All right. History lies more on the side of Tua starting now and having a good career. Aaron Rodgers is an anomaly. It's the guys that get in early in their career and have success that go on to have. But I'll give you two guys. Yeah, Joe Montana waited three years. I'll give you two guys for every one you give me who had success, though, that didn't. They're just they're just tons of them. I, I, I don't think there's any specific way to handle any specific quarterback. A lot of things come into play. I think two is lucky to have a Fitzpatrick, who's a guy who's not only had success as a starter, but he's also had some success coming off the bench. And I do think with Tua, I know people say if you make this change and he struggles, if you pull him off the field, if you, you you know if you bench him for a, for a game not as the starter, you can't put him back in, which I think is bullshit. I think you can do that. I think you can get him out there, and if he looks swamped and he's overrun, you can get Fitz back in there uh, to play. I just I think this the the idea that there's one way that you have to handle a quarterback. Exactly. I agree. Is, is is you know that's. That's that's old time thinking and 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 things change. I mean, you just look to a in college replaced a national championship quarterback at halftime 
as a freshman. I mean, that would unheard of. Um, if he sacked seven times against the Rams and Aaron Darnold, which isn't outside the realm of possibility, and is intercepted a couple of times, and they and uh, the Miami Dolphins defense gets exposed by the Rams, who can ex- be explosive when they're playing well. Yeah, uh, and they pull and they pull Tua because it's just not worth it to keep him in there, and they put Fitz back in. I don't. Th- it's like why? Why do narratives get so calcified after six games? Well, I mean, it's that's, like stay open. Anything we, can happen. Be fluid, people. Because it's everybody's looking another ten games. Everybody's looking for the formula, and everybody I'm always done. looks to a formula, and uh, that's fine. There can you you can you can say here's the here's the blueprint, but no two people are the same, and no two situations are the same. And uh, I do think that and they no blueprints are the right. same. And I, and I do think in, in in Miami, they're lucky to have a guy like Fitz. He's, he's, he's a guy from Harvard who's been around for a long time. And yeah, class, uh, act, class act, all that. He, he's a class act. I love that he admitted he was heartbroken by it because I, for the people who are like, oh, that's going to make Tua feel bad, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. That's Ryan Fitzpatrick saying, I want to go out and win football games. And you want that from everybody on the team. I think he's going to be a good mentor for Tua. But I will, I will say I am, I am shocked that it happened this early. I, I really am shocked that just that it happened this early. I knew it would happen. Um, but I thought yeah, one I game believe, out. Just because I'm such a fan of Brian Flores, you think it's a man crush. I don't get that. a little man crush on it. Like, why crush. can't I just be a huge fan and, and, a, and, and, and rooting for his success and well, rooting Mark, Mark, for, you got a little, for the Dolphins' yeah. success? You've had a little red wine. I know it makes you romantic. So I think, you know, that you probably just sort of settled in to, you know, it's got you on that. Uh, All right. Fair wind. We'll no, I mean, go. If you I know, could, you're... I'd be playing Sinatra in the background right now. All right. Fair enough. Let's, Let's get an to... underscore of Sinatra underneath this entire show. Perhaps we should. I have an idea for the show moving forward, you know, because I take little or no interest in what we do here. I just really come do, on. Do, do you realize we had like thousands more, not thousands, but we had a thousand not thousands. We had tens, hundreds more. Tens more? <laughs> no, hundreds. What? More viewers in our last oh. show because of our, yes, because of our. Did we break some sort of FCC rule or those government no, eyes? We, we, just, we just did it through Facebook Live on our After Further Review site and through StreamYard, through the whole thing. It's, like, it's Jeff, one of those things Jeff like YouTube did where, like YouTube did where it ended up on everybody's computer, whether they wanted it or not. And now it's going to be a backlash and we're going to be roundly despised. And it's really going to be something that undermines our legacy. If we're roundly despised, John. It's better to be, it's better to be roundly anything than right? uh, what we Mark have. Mark is mysteriously dressed like a proud boy right now. I am. I am actually, I, I just realized that. So, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. I have not made any threats to any Florida voters uh, for the record. <laughs> let's uh, let's do this. Uh, let's do the second set of uh, clues for our progressive trivia. Look for an a, uh, NFL football player, past or present. Here's our first set of clues. Played 16 years, for four teams. Career numbers, 2,400-plus completions, 29,000-plus yards, and 200-plus touchdowns. Led the league in sacks five times. That means getting sacked. He's been uh, led the league in getting sacked. Five times, not a statistic you want to be a part of. Two-time All-American punter. Move on to our next set of clues. I was a second-round pick. I was an NFL Comeback Player of the Year. My playoff numbers, 2,400-plus yards, 12 touchdowns. So, you know, 
obviously a pretty substantial playoff resume. Yeah. Four-time Pro Bowler and a two-time All-Pro. There you, there go. you go. All right. All right. So let's uh, – I know it's, we're – Lenny we're, compared me to Mark Madden. Oh, God. That's we have not, the best. We have the best Mark Madden story that's ever. Not right, Lenny. That is we have the not. best Mark Madden story we, we, ever. We, we we do, and we, it was uh, pretty gorilla of us at the, I, at the time, Johnny. And, I, and I'm going to tell the story because I don't care. And 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 this is my second beer because it's the nighttime show. It's the evening show. Welcome to the evening show, everybody. The wind. Let's change this entire entire show. Uh, but Mark, fly me to the moon. That's right. There it is. We'd have been doing that on karaoke on some ship in Alaska. If yes, we would. If the plague hadn't hit. All right. Um, so a number of years ago, and Jeff, you probably heard this story, but it, oh man, this makes us look so bad. No, no but it was it's twenty years ago. We are um, we are both in our thirties. I think it's maybe yeah. twenty one years ago. We're both in our thirties. And yeah, and 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 okay. I'm, we're just going to put it out there. And whether it makes us look bad, I don't. I don't even care at this point. Who cares? I'm never going to work again in my in my entire life. It's Bruce Dern walking to the ocean at some point. I'm just trying no, to stave really, that office as no, long as I could. Um, yeah. uh, but my, uh, if he had a podcast, he probably would have. It probably would have been at least delayed six or seven months. Could could very well have been. Uh, so let me just set this up to show you why we despised Mark Madden as much as we did. Um, because there was a story on ESPN on SportsCenter, uh, and it was about a kid who was either um, some physically challenged or mentally challenged. Anyway, he had been uh, uh, on the sidelines for this high school football team from the time he was a freshman to the time he's a senior as the manager, or stat taker, whatever. And they got him in to the last game of the season. They were on like the three and the game, the, the touchdown didn't mean anything either way. And uh, they handed the ball off to the kid and they let him run in for a touchdown. The other team did it. You know, it was kind of this thing. It was this big thing and it was just sweet. And Mark Madden talked about how it was an outrage that guys who had worked hard to set records and pitch. Well, now this kid has a touchdown and he never did anything. And, you know, Billy Joe, him because he's a cripple, you know, that kind of of yeah, oh, God, it was just it was yeah. just literally the most despicable thing you could ever expect. Yeah. And and so so this and, doughy and yet, writer, and yet not surprising at all. No, me. not at all. This doughy writer out of Pittsburgh, who, you know, <laughs> honestly, God, had no. had, a, had a sludge that would, would embarrass Elvis going through his arteries at this point. Um, I'm trashing I'm him as much now that's, as we did then. That's one of the classic all-time lines that we're going to have to memorialize. He Thank had you. a sludge. <laughs> that would embarrass Elvis. <laughs> Lunge that would have embarrassed Elvis yeah. running through his veins. Yeah, he uh, we so, were worked up, and we still are. But we were worked up, and, and we I, were I really wanna, worked up. I want to let this. people know we were really yeah. worked up at the way he went after this poor kid. And we're and we were at work, so there's a better we, than average <laughs> chance we were not drunk. There's a better than average drunk. No, chance we were. We were not and, drunk, and there were windows all around us. People could literally yeah. walk in. We were technically on stage in the booth at the ESPN. But, but back then, Wikipedia was. I mean, you could go in and edit Wikipedia. It didn't matter. You no, just went in. You no, put, was, you know you put whatever you wanted in. Guerrilla so, warfare. Then yes. So. Mark and I concocted a story that was Mark Madden's mother on her deathbed turning on him. And I believe the quote I can remember is, uh, have another mayonnaise sandwich, you fat pig. 
I can't wait to, wait to leave this earth so I won't be near you. I, I think that it, it was it was something on that order. Roughly, roughly and, uh, that. Yes, we put it up there, and it, remember, we kept checking back like every fifteen minutes. We were literally twelve years old. We were just every fifteen minutes no. we kept checking back, and it took them a couple of hours to no, uh, hilarious to, to actually pull it, it was up there for a while. I mean, now oh. now it's hugely you know fat fascist and everything else. So uh, they're that, on those things. But uh, the, er, the early days of the, the internet, early when, days of Wikipedia, we had that up, and we literally spent the rest of the shift at the oh. ESPN club giddily. Giddily, we stayed past our out time. Probably, yes. We probably stayed past our out time. That was a good one. And then there was once a, uh, you'll appreciate this one too, Jeff. There was a uh, a message board site called Beast of the East, which uh, would would be shut down now because there's not a beast in the East, but about the NFC East. And uh, Dallas had just gone through like a guys arrested. And there's a comment section, and Ferreira, (laughs) just for whatever reason, decided he was go after them and he just kept typing <laughs> got any whore chasers there tonight uh, and it was it was just no we were it was disturbed and and silly silly fun that you know now that none of us will ever leave the house and we'll we're gonna all it's the end well, we can reflect on we can reflect on our you know bad boy days if you will uh but it was that's a lot of fun the mom the mom <laughs> rejecting him on her yeah. deathbed <laughs> Same. I took that that computer to the place where they make computers go away years ago. Too, no, so thank you. Yeah, you don't have to worry. I, about I it. think I think it's at a shop in uh, Delaware at the moment. Now you know uh, Disney. You you know Isn't Disney. It? They they take the 486 from one office, the Commodore 486, and they move it to somebody else's office. So somewhere a couple of years later, there's a fantastic stage manager who's trying to do the schedule. And all of a sudden this pops up. Have another mayonnaise sandwich, you fat pig. And it's probably like, what in the, God's name is that? So, oh, my goodness. Mark Madden. All right. That's our Mark Madden story. So, yeah, and uh, then I saw do- him when I was in Pittsburgh. Uh, we oh, wow. we covered uh, we were covering the NFL training camps, uh, and we uh-huh. flew into Pittsburgh. I think you remember this year, Mark. We also covered the Bassmaster Classic in Pittsburgh. That I was, was not going in favor on. Of that at all? Uh, that was such a fun. That was such a fun gig. But we were in the um, we were in the so, lobby. We were in the lobby of the hotel that we were staying in in Pittsburgh, and we I, we I saw two people that I knew. One was the country and western singer Gretchen Wilson, who I'm a fan of. She's just adorable, and uh, and I uh, you know I would have I would have made a mockery of my marriage vows if uh, if I would was able to stand at that point in the, in, in time. And my wife doesn't listen to this podcast, so she'll she and she wouldn't care. Um, she. You know, applaud me. Go, go for oh, it, Claremont, though, is tuning in. Claremont is tuning in. By the way, uh, Lenny, uh, Lenny has actually gotten uh, the uh, progressive trivia correct. Lenny wrote that nice job. Uh, but the other person that was in there broadcasting was Mark Madden. And uh, I think, Mark, this was before cell phone. Uh, well, I think I had a cell, we had cell phones, but this was before you could take pictures on your cell phone. But I, I do believe that I probably called you almost immediately. And told you that I was sitting across from Mark Madden, and uh, I've just had an, a, a perverse desire to walk up to him and go, "Hey, man, uh, I I had a spat with my mom at the end too. Uh, sorry about that." <laughs> he is actually two months younger than I am, so he's still around. Really? 
Yeah, he's too much. He'll 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 turn uh, you know the big six zero in December fifth, wow. early December. So yeah, he's they prop amazing. him up and pump him full of Russian dressing and let him go. Just say offensive crap left and right. Sludge and uh, ice in your van. Both pump in him the- full of Russian dressing. Sorry, go ahead, uh, Jeff. I'm so sorry. What was that, Jeff? The evening said- shows are a lot of Russian. Sludge and ice in your veins, clearly, uh, <laughs> forever. It's, it's so true. It, it's uh, so true. Our, our lovely friend Liz McConaughey has, in in caps, he had a sludge that would embarrass Elvis running through his veins. I'm sorry. That's good stuff. So I am anxious to talk about to, to talk about how much I think talking about Dallas is. All right. Well, let's. Let's, let's go yeah. ahead and do the progressive trivia, the next set of progressive trivia, and then we'll jump on to that. Because, yeah, I I realized that we had no choice, though. We're going to have to talk about them, which angers me even more. I played 16 years for four teams, career numbers 2,400-plus completions, 29,000-plus yards, and 200-plus touchdowns. Led the league in sacks five times, meaning that's how many times he led the league in getting sacked, in case that's confusing. Two-time All-American punter. Second round picked NFL comeback player of the year, playoff numbers, 2,400 plus yards, 12 touchdowns, four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Here's our final set of clues. Never won a Super Bowl, two-time Pacific Coast Athletic Association player of the year. Damn, son. That's That, I believe, is the Big West now, or is it the Big Sky, the Big West? I lose track out there. Mountain West. It's, it's, I don't think it's a mountain. It, it, is it the Mountain West? It's in now. I, I can't keep track. Probably. Uh, led the NFL in fumbles three times and set franchise playoff records in the fog bowl. And congratulations to, uh, to Lenny. Do, do you know who Huey Stanforth is? I don't. Why? Who? Why, why, Michelle why, Claremont has, has mentioned Huey Stanforth. I'm, the, I'm sure it's some sort of movie that you and I missed out on because it was for younger, more attractive people moving up in the world. As opposed to the everything opposite of what you just said. Right. And everything the, opposite. Old, right. not that attractive, and clearly moving down in the world. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Trial of Chicago 7 yet, John? No, and I was, I was, I have been uh, uh, berated today by a couple of people who said that I really, really need to see that because they know you and they know how in the pocket it is for you. It is the same for me, and um, and you know, in, in terms of well, in terms of everything that Aaron Sorkin can do well, and uh, yeah. in in terms of the way he can make anyone right, left, center. Uh, feel patriotic. He does. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Anyway, I love that. Uh, uh, let's, all right, so let's talk about the Cowboys. We have to talk about them now, Mark, because they're not living up to the expectations that we've set for them. And, and now there's a story out. There's an anonymous source that the coaching, people are upset with the coaching and lost the we, locker room already. Yeah. yeah we yeah. talked about this with Mike Nolan. We did talk about this. Mike Nolan is 87. Uh, which is odd because if his dad would have lived, he he would have been not quite 87 at this point in time. But uh, the, his uh, the, the way he coaches a team seems to be, and and evidently, you know, and people have said this all six games is that it's such a complicated defense that if you're if you're if you've got a fast paced offense, they don't have time to bring in the plays. They don't have time to figure out the sets. Right. 
And so that's a big part of the problem. And now everyone's starting to jump off the bandwagon that everyone was on at the beginning of the season, which was that this was a very talented team. As a matter of fact, I was on that bandwagon early on in the season, especially with uh, the drafting of C.D. Lamb and all that good stuff. And now Andy Dalton is there, and now people are like, you know, drooling. And he had, a, he had a real subpar game. Everybody was, you know, best backup quarterback, and he went four-time yeah, Pro Bowler. Now it's fits to, to, to Dallas, so they'll, you know, they'll win five games as opposed to finish two and fourteen. Uh, you know, he'll win his requisite three. It's, it is, it is pretty remarkable. It really is in terms of how bad really they are. This is a bad team, John. They were down seventeen to three against the Giants. Yeah, they could easily be zero and six. Yeah, the two wins they had were these miraculous comebacks against. Two teams that are combined one and ten. Yeah, and Arizona has been. This is a Arizona's been an enigma. Arizona's been an enigma. I mean, we all thought that they would be there would be greatly improved, uh, but they have played poorly at times. And I mean, I know some of that. The other day was uh, Arizona had gotten it together a little, but a lot of it was just Dallas. It, and it was everywhere. I felt bad for Andy Dalton because when he did hit guys in the hands, they dropped the football or it hit them in the helmet. They just seem, they really do seem like a mess. And my concern would be the the griping about the coaches. And I think they're a game and a half ahead in the East. Yeah, they are. But the griping about the coaches uh, this early in a season when you are, you know, and, and look, the teams in that division know they're struggling. They're, so they know they're not having a great season, but they had the complaining about the coaches at this point in the first year of a new head coach and a guy like McCarthy, who's not, a, it's not a coordinator. Nobody heard about. It's not a guy coming from college where you, you think there, you know, maybe there's some legitimacy to him, you know, having to make the um, transition and you really shouldn't have that here. And they should Joe be a Judge, better- Joe judge who hasn't won a game and was a, a, was one of those coordinators. that was like Joe who he hasn't gotten as much criticism as Mike McCarthy. It's, it's, Everything is so uh, – it's just everyone hyperventilates when it comes to Dallas. Everything yeah. gets magnified beyond what it should be. Nothing is real when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Why are we talking about a bad 2-14 and four team that happens to be – if anything, we should talk about the NFC East that is just remarkably bad, and we can have a sort of macabre interest in how <laughs> bad this division is. But yeah. to, but to focus on Dallas, I just don't get it. It's it's like it somehow is a part of the American identity, John. And I think tonight, here and now, we put it into that crap. All right. Fair that enough. I just excise that from the national identity. It's stupid. They've just done a great thing. America's they, not about that. They've always done a great job, though, making, you know, the whole America's team thing, which wasn't them. That was actually a guy in NFL Films who came up with that, and I believe it was for the 77 uh, Super Bowl yep. winning team. I think that's when it came out. It was, um, they had won they three just, that decade. You know, point. we always talk about ma- ma- managing expectations, which is why we will come on this show and say to people, there is no reason for you to be here. There's no reason for you to continue listening. This, yeah. this will, this will, y- your life will be diminished by paying attention. So people are like, well, if it's that bad, I might want to try. And then they listen and they're like, oh, okay, well, that was actually That's mildly entertaining. Very low. Yes. Very but the low. Cowboys have done this other thing, have flipped yeah, this I'm other sorry. thing where it's like, if you set the expectations at over the moon year in and year out, we're going to talk about you no matter what, because you either met those expectations and won a Super Bowl, which they haven't done since 
the 95, what, 95 season, I guess. Yep, 95. Um, and, or you underachieve, and we have to talk about that. It's crazy. It is crazy, and it's it's ridiculous. And They're not even interesting now. They're not even really that interesting at this point. No, I, I would hope that most of America is sort of yawning at this point. It's like, ah, God, yes, okay, you do – you do sort of tempt us to listen or to click. So we get clicks or eyeballs a little bit with Dallas. I mean, obviously these people have figured it out. And so that's why, you know, Shannon Sharp uh, and, and, uh, and Skip Bayless literally talk either Tom Brady, Dallas Cowboys, or LeBron James. That's yeah. all they talk about. Well, and it, it's, it's part of it's just, and part of it's just being lazy and I'll say this, and and and, and I think Skip Bayless is at his moments, but he he lives in Dallas and has covered that team for so long that he doesn't have to even do any preparation to talk about the Cowboys. You know, he to me it's just like okay, you're a, you're a local Dallas reporter on this national show, so I yeah I have to tune out when they start talking about him. It's kind of I I have an issue with uh, uh, national guys who just focus in on their local team uh, and talk about it way too much. The um, what's the afternoon show on ESPN? Our good friend Riley Claremont always recommends it. And um, oh, crap. What's the guy's name? Levitard. Does it Adam? Yeah. Dan Levitard. Dan I think Dan can be pretty uh, talented broadcaster at times. and I enjoy things about his show, but he talks about the friggin Miami heat and the Miami Marlins all the time. And yeah. who cares? And Go I mean, on. we we love the heat through this this process wow, that's absolutely. happened and we're, and we're fans and they and they become more of a national story but yeah i, I have a i have a problem with it and it's particularly hard if you grew up a joe, Washington joe connelly says america is all about the comeback america loves the comeback well it's not just america everyone loves a comeback every human loves a comeback and america if you think about it john yeah america is not really about the comeback we were about to come back at the top revolutionary war we had to come back yeah you know uh civil war the union had it made I mean, yeah, they made some mistakes and they had to, you know, kind bit of, of a comeback, back. bit of a, a little comeback, a little bit of a, bit, a, comeback. Bit of a comeback, but, uh, you know, Spanish American war was, it was, a, it was a blowout. Oh, please. Yeah, that was, World that war was, a, II was basically a blowout. Once we got in there, World war one was basically a blowout when we got there, you know, coming back. The thing is, is that was a real comeback in the American revolution because we were outmanned, outgunned, uh, and, in the Civil War, though, the Union was not outmanned or outgunned. They were just acting. They're outgeneraled. They were outgeneraled. Out they, they, yeah. they were the Los Angeles Dodgers getting down three to one against the Braves. A little bit. A little then bit. They, then they brought in they, Ulysses S. Roberts. And, uh, you know, it took him a while. He was he was seen as a butcher. And, uh, uh, you know, went, went a couple of pieces. But then eventually he just knew move by the left flank, people. Just move by. Just keep moving by the left flank. Can't keep up with you. Outgunned, outmanned. What's the other one? Something outplanned. Something an outplanned. We've got to make an all-out stand. That's Go that's right. Right so, hand man. We'll see who wins the East. Um, I'm who still cares? In- who cares? Let's not see who who who. Let's not. Let's not even look. Let's just have a blind taste. And some team let's comes out of the East in the playoffs. East. Just ignore that they even exist. Well, and that's um, interesting about the Rams. They had feasted on the NL uh, NFC East, and they had lost against the two teams that they that weren't in the NFC East. So, how good are the Rams, really? So, really, the the question about the Forty ers 
is that they probably could still be as highly mediocre as we thought they were coming into that game. The Rams just aren't as good as we thought. Possibly. I, I do think that uh, this is um, usually in, in a normal season. We get here, we know, I think we pretty much can slot teams in for the rest of the season. I don't necessarily think that's true this year. I think they're, I think, I think we're, we're going to go later into the season before we really know what teams are. The defenses, we've talked about how defenses were seem to be behind the offenses, but it does seem though trends seem to be that the defenses are starting to catch up. So, so we'll see. And then the weather's going to get inclement. So it's going to get really, really interesting. Uh, what gets interesting. Um, let's go ahead and give the answer to the progressive trivia. And then we'll just quickly talk about the first weekend of college football, including the big 10. Uh, all right. All right. I play, I play 16 years for four teams. Career numbers, 2,400-plus completions, 29,000-plus yards, 200-plus touchdowns. Led the league in sacks five times, meaning was sacked more than anyone else five times. Two-time All-American punter. Second-round pick, NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Playoff numbers, 2,400-plus yards, 12 touchdowns. Four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Never won a Super Bowl, two-time Pacific Coast Athletic Association Player of the Year. Led the NFL in fumbles three times. Set a franchise playoff set franchise playoff record, two of them, in the Fog Bowl. Most attempts by a Philadelphia Eagle quarterback at 57, I believe, or 54. And uh, I think it was uh, over four, 407 yards passing. I am Randall Cunningham, uh, the very first... NFL quarterback I ever interviewed for the ESPN club was uh, Jake Plummer. Nice. Uh, nice. The second was um, Steve McNair. And the third and, and the great. one, the, the third and the one I developed a good rapport with was Randall Cunningham, who we interviewed sitting on his balcony at the yacht and beach club. And uh, for some reason, I asked him a question that he liked, and some Yahoo—I don't know—I'll give him a name. Mark Madden asked a really, really stupid question, and uh, and Randall just kept looking at me like, "Can you believe that's what he asked me?" It was really entertaining. He was great, and boy, I tell you, as I said before, appointment viewing those Eagles teams were just—you know—nothing but a whole lot of fun. Yeah, on both sides of the football. I agree. I agree. Uh, so it's very interesting about college football. You mentioned college football weekend, John Pelkey. And uh, there's some interesting games. I think there's a, a couple of potential upsets. I don't think Alabama is going to be upset going to Tennessee at all. No. Uh, but you know how the Panthers are always seen? Yeah, they always seem. They're 500 uh, right now, too, right? They sit at 3-3 three and three yeah, on the season, I believe. And they always seem to come up big, most inexplicably, against teams that uh, are undefeated at the time and maybe overlook them or whatever it is. And I think that's a potential upset this week. Yeah, I Notre Dame hasn't. I think they can beat Notre Dame, who has not proven anything to anyone at this point. Yeah, they haven't really impressed. We think they're pretty good. We don't know if they're playing down to their competition. But to your point, Mark, uh, Pitt, when they come in as a – you know, what people think of as a decent team, let's say, they're not thought of as bad. They're 500 right now. They're, they're, it's not when necessarily when they're a bad team and not when they're a really good team. But when they're just sort of one of those weeks where you're playing a 500 team that's probably going to end up a game over 500 and play in a small bowl game, Pitt in that position, you're right, seems to find somebody to upset year in and year out. 
And I think this could easily be that. It's usually later in the season. I'll give it you that. Is. It's usually later in the season. But I could see that happening. Uh, there, another game that's of interest to me is the game that will determine who will play in the Bell Helicopter uh, Armed oh. Services Military. Oh, one of Throw and, out the record. Uh, those, yeah, those are teams that are from outside the Power Five that are undefeated and that are moving up through the standings and the ranking. And we get all excited about them, and they end up in the Bell Helicopter uh, military industrial com- complex poll. And that's the game between Cincinnati and SMU. I'm kind of fascinated by SMU. They're undefeated. Cincinnati as well. Does that have a good year? And ever since, uh, you know, ever since the Mustangs got, uh, you know, thrown out of the, thrown out of college football, I've been, I've been fascinated by them because essentially they broke all those rules evidently when Eric Dickerson was there. And, oh, yeah. um, but the game I think is most fascinating involves the conference that's Inaugurating their season, so it's the Big Ten. I know what game you're talking about. Michigan, Minnesota, Johnny. Absolutely, it's a good one. Both ranked 14th and 18th, I believe, coming in. Minnesota coming off a really great year last year, and you know, right on the right on the precipice of uh, of really really uh, uh, becoming one of the big boys. Uh, they're still quite talented. That was a young team last year. And Jim Harbaugh, if you look at what he's done at Michigan and you take away the Ohio State thing, Mark, and where they were and where they now are now, he's done a great job. But much like John Cooper at Ohio State, very very, very good comparison. You it doesn't you can beat all the ranked Minnesotas in the world. The they ranked they, Iowa's, Wisconsin, a great record against top ten teams. So, so. Yeah, and if, if you're going to be a top ten program, you've got to be, be at least be five hundred against top ten top teams. Yeah, yeah. they just I mean, haven't gotten there. They've struggled to get consistent quarterback play, which is really interesting, given that he's a quarterback. Um, but it is we've seen that in college football. It is difficult if you you know if you pick the wrong guy. It, it, it's tough, but Michigan Michigan has suffered uh, from their quarterback play. And to your point, in the biggest games, they they fall apart. This is a perfect week for them to have a huge game over a good Minnesota team. Over a good Minnesota team. I have a very uh, major soft spot for the Gophers. Um, I lived there for a while, and I just yeah. – uh, the Gophers, uh, what they did last year was really fun for me to see. And I have a huge soft spot for Michigan – Basically, because of Jim Harbaugh and sure. uh, the success he had with the San Francisco 49ers and also Stanford. Oh, by the way. Yeah. So it again, John, to your point last episode or a couple episodes ago, if you can explain your fandom and it can it can essentially go back to your home team, yeah. which I just outlined two reasons why I'm a fan of, uh, of Jim Harbaugh. And I was I lived in Minnesota for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you If you can do that legitimately. Or if you can prove that you were brainwashed by a parent, by a, it's okay. by a you know, a, a person that was in charge of you in some some sort of way, uh, that's fine. People that are fans of teams just because they are, yeah. Oh my I God, know, we, you I told very you. annoyed. And when in growing up in the Washington D.C. area you in the early seventies. It was the Cowboys fans because the Cowboys were good. They're in the Super Bowl in 70. They're in the, they're in the Super Bowl in 70, 71, 72, uh, excuse me, uh, 75, 70. Yeah. They're, they're, so, 75, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, the, you know, they're consistently 
one of the dynasties of that era. And there are all these kids in the D.C. area who were Cowboys fans. And I just didn't didn't care for them, didn't care for the cut of their jib. Uh, it is my fervent hope that their lives have 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 gone south and that things haven't worked out as well as they'd like. And uh, I certainly hope physically that they're OK. But I do hope that there are a lot of regrets, a lot of regrets about the, the wrong, the wrongness of the way they were thinking when they were seven or eight. Um, and some, some uh, deep, deep existential uh, regrets. Yeah, yeah I, I would hope so. But you wish upon other human beings. It is. <laughs> Simply because they were cowboy fans in the mid-1970s. Hey, before we get out of here, Stan Van Gundy gets the Pelicans job. I think that's a great – I love Stan Van Gundy. As do I. As and do I. For a lot of reasons, the number one reason, and people are going to say, I say the politics, which isn't it. He there was a clear out the shelters um, thing up in Detroit, I believe, in the Detroit area where they had, you know, dogs, uh, cats in, in, in a humane society shelter or another shelter. And they wanted everyone would be adopted. You know, they were picking up the fees for them. There were all these great uh, promotions going on and every dog but one was adopted. And it was a, a brown pit bull mix. And, you know, I have a special affinity for pit bulls. We have our pit, Emmy Lou, who Mark can attest to is just the sweetest thing ever. And I love her. And uh, Stan Van Gundy found out about that and sight unseen uh, sent somebody from t- to go adopt the dog for him and kept the dog. And I just thought that is really, you know, that's something we can all get behind no matter where you are. He's a good dude. And uh, the other thing, he's too, a good coach and they've proven, got talent. He's proven to, uh, that he has been able to take very, very, very young emerging yeah. superstars and build a team, build a very good team around them. He did it with Dwight Howard in uh, in Orlando and he could do it with Zion in uh, New Orleans. I think it's a really, really good hiring of, of, of the hirings that we've seen uh, this year. I love that's that really my favorite, because I think to your point, he really, really fits what their roster is. I kind of um, like Doc and Philly as well. I do like Doc and Philly. I, I, I do. But I just think if you if you again, take the names off of them all and let you know, look at who's there and who what the coach's resume is, who's going there and what his, you know, his vibe is. Um, I think Stan fits really, really well uh, with the Pelicans, and I, and I'm I'm happy for him because he's just he, he's just great. I heard an interview with him recently where he's talking about being in the bubble with how great it was to have his brother in the bubble with him. That you know, this is the most time they've gotten to spend together since they were kids, and how cool that was. So, all right, first uh, first evening show, first show where Mark and I are openly drinking on the show. You were less saucy than I thought you were going to be. Really. I thought you were going to be a little more saucy. I think I rested on my laurels with the early Elvis joke, and I felt that then I could. (laughs) Well, that happens. That happens with you and I. We have a good line, and we basically, in our mind, think it's fine, and we've earned earned the rest of the show off. I rope-a-doped. That was like the the third uh, round, and I just rope-a-doped for the rest of it. Yeah, why not? You you had already won on points. You had already won on points. I knocked it down twice. You know, it's like you stayed by the bell once. He didn't want to be an overachiever, so he was just an achiever. An achiever. Yes, exactly. Everyone, everyone exactly. gets a participation trophy. Overachiever is just not something that uh, is seemly to John or I. All right, so to, before we get out of here tonight, it's Blake Snell against uh, former Chili's Fry Cook, Tony Gonsolin. Uh, how do you he's see He's had a great year, by the way. Yeah, he's no, a he's, he's great year. No, he's terrific, but it's just so funny how everybody's just playing him off as literally that they found some guy in the parking I, lot. I, I'll tell you how I see it's plays, John. I say the Dodgers jump all over Snell. 
It's possible. Uh, now, okay, hang on. Rays need to get some guys on base when Rosarena and those guys are hitting. I'm going to reevaluate. It is going to be a pitcher's duel because this this Fry Cook had a great year and is a good pitcher. It's going to be a pitcher's duel where the Dodgers get a couple runs early and then hold on for like a two to one victory. And it's back and forth, back and forth. You, you think about it, boy, what a close game. But in the end, when all is said and done, the Rays are down to nothing. And basically the series. All right. Over. That's a good call. So by I mean, Joe, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be a pitcher's duel. Joe, Joe Conley bringing up his college football uh, upset will be North Carolina State over North Carolina. My prediction for that game is by the end of it, we'll all wish it would have been a basketball game. All right. So that's uh, what, what do you got. You got something, Mark? One more thing about Lenny's uh, Big 12 matchup, Iowa State and Oklahoma State. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a big matchup. I think there's two ranked teams there. But uh, we uh, the Big 12 is, has been like the, the NFC East. Yeah. I, I, I care. I just don't care as much anymore because they don't matter. In the grand scheme of things, they never matter. It's entertaining. And, yes, it will be an opportunity to make money. I understand that, Lenny. I do. Uh, But uh, I don't care about Iowa State and Oklahoma State. It's a battle to lose to somebody in the Cotton Bowl. That's all you've got going for you now if you're in the Big 12. Right. Cincinnati SMU, the the right to play in the Bell Helicopter Military Industrial Complex Bowl. (laughs) Maybe it'll be a rematch. Maybe it'll be a good game, and we'll get a Cincinnati SMU rematch. And you'll SMU will be favored because it's in that part of the country. Fair enough. All right. For Mark Ferreira, Jeff Taylor, I'm John Pelkey. Thanks for the evening edition of After Further Review with Mark Ferreira and John Pelkey. We'll see you a regular time on Friday, as far as we know. But we'll let you know. As far as we know. Yeah.